the attitudes. We've done all of the attitudes, actually. Um, and, and interspersed with that, I, I wanted to do these uh, little just one-offs of why we. So if you remember, quite a while ago, I talked about why we gather, why we get together. Rick, when he was here, talked about why we pray. Not just why we pray, but why we pray when we get together. Okay, um, And today I'm going to talk about why we sing when we get together. And I was thinking, if you have any other questions or like, well, think, why do we do this? Why do we keep doing this? Or why do we keep doing that? Then let me know, because I'd like to better talk about that, because we need to realise why we're doing these things. You know? um, so, yes, yeah, so those, that's, that's, what, uh, that's what it's going. So today, why do we sing? I mean, I, mean, I could say a lot on this. I've just realised I haven't got a Bible with me. Um, as you might imagine, singing is music of, you know, close to my heart and things that um, I could talk a lot about. Um, but I'm, I'm just going to, and I'm just going to take one aspect of it today because you can go in many directions with this, and, and maybe I will in, in, in the future. Um, but before I do that, actually, I want to do. Um, I'm good. At, it's like I said to Emma, it's like I'm a guest speaker at a conference. Now. I want to recommend two books. Um, and actually, I've got a CD. Anybody know what a CD is nowadays? You still maybe these things. Um, if anyone wants a free CD, anyone not got singing, but the album that I played, produced in our old church. Rose, there you go. You are brave. You can, you can have that. You, it's, it's, we've got hundreds, hundreds more in our loft, which will Louise will quite happily uh, allow you to take. Um, so I'm just going to re- recommend a couple of books here on the, the Psalms. Now, if you don't know anything about the Psalms, the Psalms are in the middle of the Bible. They're like the song book or the prayer, song and prayer book of the Bible, really. And some of you might have already got this. This is Ian Stackhouse's um, book on the Psalms. Um, which I found very helpful. Ian writes in a, in a particular way, and he, you, I don't think you can really, sometimes there are usually about three or four pages I go by and then I find a word that I have to look up in the dictionary. He does like his long words. Having said that, this one is relatively easy to read. But it's, what I found with this book is it's a, just a daily reflection. It's just a one-page reflection on each psalm. It's just a really helped me to pray more honestly. Because if you go through the Psalms, that, in fact, I won't even use the language here, but sometimes it's like life is really fill in the blank, you know, because it really is. And actually, as you read the Psalms, you realise that we can pray honestly to God. And so this is called praying. Sorry, I didn't tell you, did I? Praying the Psalms, a personal journey through the the Psalter, Ian Stackhouse. So if you want to have a flick through that later, you're very welcome to see if that floats your boat. I found it very helpful, as I say, to, to pray honestly. The other one, when I was on sabbatical, I stayed at Ian's house, um, and he has, and I, I went there for four days. He's got a, he's got a sort of a, a sort of a house out in the country, kind of in Chichester, and and I thought when I go to, if you know Ian, he's a bit of a hero of mine. I thought when I go to his house, I want to live like Ian, and so he's got this kind of basement, and in the basement is a table, a lamp, books, and a chair. And that's it. You know, there's nothing. It's just like, he's a real kind of monk, kind of hermit type person. So I went there and I found this book on his shelf because he'd written that book, well, obviously there. And this is, um, which I'm going through at the moment, is called God's Prayer Book by a guy called Ben Patterson. This, I I find, that that is a a daily reflection. This is just a real kind of manual, I suppose, on how to pray the Psalms. And I'll give you an example of some of the things... He says, let me give you Psalm 1, actually. This is what excited me. 
tells a story. I'll, I'll read this to you. It says, a guy um, called Erwin tells a story of the night his little boy Aaron didn't want to turn off the lights when he went off to bed. He was afraid of the demons he had heard about before at a summer camp. Erwin groaned inside and fought back the temptation to say they're not real. Because that would be the easy option, right? To just say to the kids, oh, it's not real. He knew they are real. Before he could answer Aaron, Aaron asked him to pray for him. Daddy, Daddy, would you pray for me that I would be safe? I could feel it. I could feel warm blanket Christianity beginning to wrap around him. A life of safety, safety, safety. And I said to Aaron, I will not pray for you to be safe. I will pray to God that you will be more dangerous. You'll be so dangerous that the demons will flee when they enter your room. And he goes, all right, Daddy, but pray I'll be really, really dangerous. And then he goes on and says, you know, if, if we want to do that, then learn to pray the Psalms. So I, th- I thought that was just a bit. So this is really, and it day by day sort of helps, you know, if you want just to put the, the psalms into your own words so that you can pray some of these things. So both of those books, really good. If you want to have a look at those later, that's Ben Passon, Wendy, if you want to have a look at that. You got that one? Okay, yeah, you already ordered it. In work. <laughs> it's, it's been delivered now by a drone, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> As we speak, yeah. Okay. Um, so church singing, why do we sing? Um, it's quite likely that wherever you go in church, you will end up singing or hear singing at some point. There's not many churches there are some types of church where they don't like singing but not many and so you will end up singing or hear song in in a church service wherever you go pretty much um if you go to a cathedral you may hear even song anyone done even i, I like even song I, I, I believe it or not um or you may go to a, a modern what we might call trendy church where there'll be a rock band and loud and, and sometimes they hand out earplugs I think it's uh, Hill Songs I've been told uh, Sheila's told me <laughs> yeah and for the and for me people like me you obviously you might go to a more traditional church and you'll find an organ and hymns um, or you may come to a place like this where we, we just kind of whatever we've got we use so it's, whether it's guitar or a funny drum thing or a guitar and a piano bassoon we had last week tuba sometimes you never know um, you know, you might go to a church where there's a gospel choir. Um, um, if you went back in history and you went into a monastery, you might hear monks chanting plain song, this unaccompanied single uh, line melodies. If you go right back in history, the Bible talks about there being lyres and harps and timbrels, which are like tambourines and cymbals and trumpets. So there was singing going on then. And possibly even if you're really blessed, you may found a jazz band in the church. <laughs> Thank you. Hallelujah. Um, but wherever you go, there's singing. Of, usually there's singing, isn't there? There's usually singing. And which is a bit strange in today's culture, don't you think? You know, there's not many places today where you go to sing together with other people. A lot of us sing in the shower, but we don't get together generally to sing. Unless you're maybe in a choir. Anybody? I know some of us are in a choir. Cherry's, I think, in the choir. And Julie, yeah. And I know Sheila has her little singing thing that goes on in her house, secret singing almost. <laughs> um, I, I was thinking also if you go to a football match, yes. you, John, is there, is there any singing that goes on at Woking Football, um, football Club? There is singing, yeah. but it's not repeatable. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's very, very wise, John, thank you. Yeah. So, but you, there's a lot of singing that goes on at football games. 
Yeah, and unfortunately on the TV, you don't really hear the words very clearly. You just hear this noise. Um, I'm guessing maybe campfires. There's a bit of singing. Scouts, yeah, road trips, that kind of thing. Karaoke. Karaoke. I was thinking about karaoke, but it's not... um, I did think about karaoke, but it's not really singing together so much, is it? It's more just singing performance, I suppose. Um, I was wondering, there's not many times when we, you're, you're right, when we actually gather together to sing. Anyway, so. Um, so what? School assemblies. School assemblies. Sing everything. Oh. Well, what happened in my school, even in my day, was that we would, there would be songs to be sung, and then the kids would kind of go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or change the words, yeah. Yeah. Um, Anyway, so we, say, we sing in church. Now, why do we sing in church? And you may say to me, well, it's obvious. That's worship, isn't it? And yes, it is. And, and I could talk about that, but I'm not going to talk so much about that today. Um, because I just want to sort of like just put it out there that actually singing and worship can be the same thing. But also they can be separate things. And in fact, we're called to live a life, a life of worship. We're called to give our whole lives as a worship offering. So um, if we think that it's just singing, then we kind of miss the, the point there a little bit. But at the same time, also, if we think that the only thing that singing is about is worship, we've also missed the point of that as well. So anyway, that's where I'm going. So if you want to turn in Ephesians, we're going to look in Ephesians 5. I should have said that a while back, then you've got time to look there. Ephesians chapter 5, just a few short verses there. And, but while you're turning there, it's, it's strange actually for church that's, that spends so much time singing, there's actually not that much in the New Testament mentioned about music at all. Much to my disappointment, when I really, as a music student, was getting into the Bible, I was searching for the New Testament for references to music, and there isn't an awful lot. <laughs> but I'm going to read you one, which is, starts in verse 18. Um, so maybe, and it starts maybe a message to some of the, uh, the, the football crowd, I don't know. But it says, Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm going to go off on a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of one already. I'm going to start here with the Trinity. Now, you know I'm going to do a series on the, on the Trinity. The Trinity is so important, and I'm realising even more important than I realised um, on, on who we are as, and what we believe. Um, and this isn't really part of that series, but I'm, I'm realising that the Trinity is everywhere. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is everywhere. And so if you read this, you see that our singing of hymns and psalms and spiritual songs is tied up with being filled with the Spirit, one, giving thanks to God our Father, two, and in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, three. It's all there, there on the page there. So this really is talking about singing and songs in the church is a Trinitarian thing. Trinitarian singing. Be filled with the Spirit speaking to one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Now, the Bible encourages us in many one another's. Did you know that? In the New Testament, it says there's a lot of things where it says one another, one another, one another. So, for instance, it will say love one another. Okay? And it will say forgive one another. Bear with one another. Be at peace with one another. And here, it says speak to one another. 
And that's the life in the community of God's people. It's saying that when you get together, actually this is a good thing, when we get together, these are the one another things that we need to be uh, about. And here we've got speak to one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And so this is where I think it ties in with the Trinity. I think we have our God, who is Father, Son and Holy Spirit. He is a communal God. There's a community aspect to our God. In fact, he is community. And I want to give you this idea to you that God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, is the original one another. He's like the original, where this is where it all comes from. In fact, if you think about it, God doesn't really ask us to do things that aren't really already in him already. So when it says speak to one another, it's like God's already been doing this since before time began. And eternally, I believe, there was this flow of words, communication, of praise and celebration, encouragement, and sound, words flowing within God himself, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so sometimes, I don't know, we, uh, we have this thing, I don't know where it comes from, that we, we say we're almost ashamed to be talking to ourselves, you know, because it's like we're a bit crazy if we start talking to ourselves. I'm not going to ask if anyone talks to themselves, that's fine, I do sometimes. Um, you can pray for me later if you think that's a problem. But um, God doesn't speak to himself he speaks to his one another self. Do you get that? So, so God, being Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, he's, he's not just speaking to himself, he's speaking to his one another self. And so there's this flow of, of song, conversation, encouragement going on in God. And if you think that's a bit, ooh, this is a bit crazy out there, think about John 1. It says, in the beginning, in the beginning was the word. word. Well, how do words work? The sounds, right? And the word was God, and the word was with God. So just, if you want to think, you know, is Richard going off on one? Just meditate on that this week and see that actually God talks, speaks to him, his one another self. Anyway, does, does that make sense? Yeah. yeah, we get, yeah. We'll be going to this more and more. Does it not make sense? We'll talk about it more later. I think this is saying we're invited and encouraged into God. When we speak to one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, I believe God's doing that already and has been doing it forever. And he's inviting us in to say, this is life in me. This is life in the Trinity. This is life in the Spirit. This is life in the Father. This is life in the Son. And as we give thanks to the Father through the Son, there's an infilling of the Spirit as we do that together. And so when we gather together and sing our songs in church, we are singing to God. And some of those songs you mentioned earlier were sort of praise songs to God. But also, as some of the other songs that were mentioned, we're, we're speaking to one another. And there's a two-way thing. Well, in fact, it's a three-way. It's me, you, and him. So there's a one-anotherness to our singing. And you can't do that at home on your own, can you? You can sing to God, you can worship God, but the one another bit can only really work when we are together. So this, what I think what this is saying is this is a really a, a, a God activity. When we get together to sing, and we're singing to God, and we're singing to one another, this is a, really a, a God activity. Because it is actually something that's going on in him. And I don't think we understand that 
so well in the modern church because we live in a very individualistic culture and everything's about me and me and me. <laughs> There's the Trinitarian statement of today. Me, me and me. You know, and, um, and we, we gather together in church and, and sometimes what we can do is we can gather together but actually we can just be me rather than us. And actually that's one of the reasons why we've done this before but Emma today. So let's sing this and turn all the eyes into we. Yeah, because then when we sing it together, we're not just singing about me, we're singing about us. Yeah? Um, and I have to, you have to ask the question, so when we get together, why do we do this thing? Why do we sing? Because we can sing songs at home. I've just given Rose a CD. She could put it on. If she likes the song, she can kind of sing along. And there's nothing wrong with that. She can sing along to the songs on her own. That can work. It, you can nowadays, somebody, I bumped into somebody in the street and they said, are your sermons online? Believe it or not. And I said, yes, we were even on iTunes. Yeah, he even knew what that meant. And, um, and it's, I mean, you can sit and listen to a sermon at home on your own, can't you? You can pray on your own. You can read the scriptures on your own. I think you struggle to take communion on your own, but I'm sure somebody's done it. Um, so what's the point of doing all this together? You know, why do we do this together? Why We could actually, and sometimes this happens in church, we can come and do all these things actually on our own, just surrounded by other people. Can't we? We can get into that sort of habit of thinking, I'm just so me and God, and, or just me, and, and actually I'm here, but I'm not here. Does that make sense? Um, and you, you struggle to do that in our church, I'm afraid, actually. <laughs> you can go to some churches and hide at the back. But you come here and, you know, you get, you get uh, nobbled by Margaret on the door. And then if, once she's passed you on to somebody else, the, you know, you come in the room and you think, ah, oh, there's not that many places I can hide here. <laughs> and then you run out back and you realise there's not many people there. So we, just by nature, we're a kind of place where you can't just be on your own. But, but church could be like that. So I think, actually, in our church, we're, we're quite good at the one another's here. We're, by default, you, you haven't really got an awful lot of choice just by the way we're designed. But I think we can always grow in how we grow in these things in one another. And something happens when we get together, when we sing together. It says, be filled with the Spirit. Speaking things out, singing things out, to vocalise things, in its very nature, involves our breath, doesn't it? You can't speak without air. And you know that the word spirit is breath or wind. And, and so there's something in this where encouraging the church to speak and to sing the words to one another brings the spirit, brings life to one another. Be filled with the spirit. How do you do that? You know, sometimes people say, how do I be filled? Well, it's the same. Be filled with the spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. So actually, these psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, there's an element of them that is meant for us, for the one and others. They're, they're meant for you to hear and for me to speak out. They're meant so that we might receive the Holy Spirit as we hear them. And so there's a spiritual activity as we engage in this singing. Be filled with the Spirit as we do that. And I've, I've thought about a couple of things where we could maybe, um, we could try out. And you'd probably go, oh no. I think, and some of this might involve you opening your eyes and getting out of your chair. I know some of you get out of your chair when we're worshipping and we're, we're singing together. But um, I challenge you to look around the room as we're singing. Um, 
I do today, it's great. I, I, you don't realise, but I've got my rearview mirror in the piano there because it's, it's so black and shiny. When Emma's giving me cues and stuff, I can actually see most of the time what she's doing, except I can't read the song titles backwards when she holds up a piece of music, so I have to look at that. But I can see, you know, what you're doing, and I had a look around today, and, and it's, it's really encouraging to look and see people worshipping and to hear people worshipping. So there are some of us, when we gather to worship, that we're, we're eyes-closed kind of worshippers. You don't have to confess this now. We know who you are. Um, you know, we know the songs and we're like this for 40 minutes or 30 minutes or 20 minutes, how long we're worshipping for. And that's great. And I understand that because it's like, let's focus on God. And that's, that's great. But I just want to just challenge you, open your eyes sometimes. Don't have to be for the whole thing, but open your eyes sometimes. Look around and, and sing these songs to one another so that I'm singing it to you and you're singing it to me. And I might actually see the glory of God on your face because there's nothing better than watching somebody worship, actually. It's, it just stirs you. If you've ever been in one of those crowds where everyone's just like raising their hands and, and are, are shouting, it's, it's, in, it's inspiring. I remember, everyone ever going to hear Delirious play, the rock group? Yeah. They're a rock group, Keith. You know, they're a Christian rock group. So you would, you would approve. But I just remember Martin Smith, the leader, as he, more and more as he got, just, I could just, you could just see him. And there would be thousands of people worshipping. And you could just see on his face, it's like, I'm loving this. Not because I'm loving this because I'm a rock star. I'm loving this because you guys are worshipping. And I'm part of it. And you could just see the joy on his face. So he used to, I really respect the guy, you know. Because some people can really take it and just go off and think it's all about them. But he was just always kind of, I'm loving this. Look at all these people, they're worshipping God and I've got to play the guitar for it. You could tell it was on his face. So I encourage you to look around, look at people and, and encourage one another. Be encouraged by their joy and their worship. And be inspired by their raised hands and the sound of their voice. And hear those words of truth, the encouragement as your voice joins in with theirs. Because when we come together to sing, it is you and God and God's people. Yeah? It's a unity and a harmony in Christ when we worship the Father being filled with the Spirit. It's a one another thing in every sense. So these psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, I think I grew up really, was taught thinking this, this is just worship for, for God, God alone. And it is worship, for, the worship is for God alone, but the songs actually are for us as well that's why we sing them together I need to hear these words of life and so that's my advice to eyes closed singers okay you, you people you people that are clever enough to learn all the songs there are other people in church who are um, eyes on the screen singers yeah, you know who you are too and um, and screens have that effect on people I've noticed with my children that you put a screen in front of them and nothing else is going on you know that's, screens do that maybe we need to go back to the hymn books I don't know um, and it can be, become a bit like Christian karaoke actually can't it you know, we don't have a bouncing ball but I'm sure if we ask Chris he could probably design one for our thing um, uh, and, and I would encourage you if you're a, a screeny worshipper uh, to try and learn even if it's just one or two lines from these songs learn them by heart you know, even like, Rose, where's that line from? Oh, I don't, you know, you kind of look as if, say, really, you want me to know this? I don't know, you know, you know this one. But we may not know the names of the songs, but we know the line because it speaks to us and it has truth in it. 
okay? And I know as a musician, actually, if you, if you, learn, if you give me a piece of music with it written down, I will play it from sight, because I've learned how to do that, and I can get it right first time. Take it away, I couldn't play it to you, I couldn't remember it, and bring it back tomorrow, I'm, I'm starting to have to go through the process again. If you learn something, though, by ear, it, go, it takes longer, admittedly. But if I learn a melody by ear, it's stuck, it's in there. It's in, that's it. And so I encourage you to, to learn things, listen and learn these things, learn the truths that you hear in these psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, and, and sing them by ear and by heart. And so then you don't have to look at the screen every time, but you know you get to that bit where, ah, oh, I know this bit, I can sing it to one another. I'm going to keep singing it to God and I'm going to better look round and I'm going to better see this joyous thing that's going on around us. I was thinking of the song, you know, How Great Is Our God, it says, Sing With Me. How great, I'll, I, now, if you want to learn this by heart, it's How Great Is Our God, Sing With Me, How Great Is Our God, And All Will See, How Great, How Great Is Our God. There's not an awful lot of the content there, but it's all true, okay? So I'm reckoning most of us can memorise that. But if you think about it, it doesn't make an awful lot of sense when you say, sing with me, if you've got your eyes closed or you're looking at the screen and you're not really engaged with the the me's around me. Yeah, the one another's. Does that make sense? So let's try it. How great is our God. Sing with me how great is our God, and all will see how great, and how great is our God, and how great is our God. Sing with me how great is our God, and all will see how great, and how great is our God. Okay, we did it. How's that feel? It's good, isn't it? It feels good. I tell you why it feels good, because that's the spirit starting to work in us. If we were to carry on and carry on, I think the spirit just starts to really rise in us. You know, sometimes we make the spirit too spiritual. As if it's only for people who sit on clouds and kind of meditate for five hours, and they've got, you know, the spirit. But actually this, it says, be filled with the spirit. Singing these things to one another, speaking them to one another. And even just in two, in two choruses of one simple song, which you didn't need the words for, because I think sometimes it's the mad rush when we start singing something and the guys at the back going, oh no, I didn't know this one's coming on. Where is it? Where is it? And we're all going, well, I can't do anything unless the words are in front of me. Oh, Chris, put the words up, please. Yeah. We can do it. We can do it. It's life in the spirit. And you know, maybe even, you know there was that time in, in the Bible where Paul and, was it Paul and Silas, they're in prison? What did they do? They sang and they prayed. They sang the Psalms and the hymns and the spiritual songs and they prayed. And there may be times in our lives, maybe, hopefully not when we're in prison, but there may be times in our lives where we have nothing else, where all we've got really is these, this song vocabulary, if you like. And it may be only that one four-line chorus that we just sung there, but that'll do. The spirit will rise. That's maybe what we need. So when we feel that spirit rising in us, remember 
we're coming back to this Trinity thing where we're wrapped up in the fullness of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He is a one another speaking God. We are a one another singing and speaking people. And so when we do this thing, we're engaging in the Spirit and we are engaging with one another and we're engaging with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit as we give thanks to God in the Son. So I'm going to carry on. It says, sing and make music to your heart, in your heart to the Lord. So our speaking and our singing in one aspect is for one another, but our worship, as I said earlier, is purely for God. And so we sing to be part one another, but we worship God. And as God's people, our heart's attention is the Lord. And this is good news. I'll tell you why it's good news, because not everybody is blessed with a great singing voice, are they? Let's be honest. In fact, one of the things that I hear people the most often, people say, oh, I don't like singing in church because I haven't got a great voice. I'm reluctant to, to, to sound, sing too, too loud because people might hear the actual the croaks or the bad timing or the bad intonation or whatever. And I think that's a shame because what it's saying is that we've professionalised music in the church, which I don't think God ever wanted that, you know. Does it ever say that? But I, te- I tell you, for me, and this is just a musical thing, I would much rather hear somebody play with passion and heart and guts and with a few mistakes than, than play all the right notes and it be soulless. You know, you can get a computer to generate the music and it's perfect and you listen to it and you think, hmm. You can hear somebody play with passion and conviction and knock a few notes over they think, yeah, I'm there, I'm with you. Yeah, there's a, a trumpet player called Winter Marcellus, and he, he played, he's a, one of my favourite trumpet players, and he, he, he did this gig, and afterwards um, some cocky student said, Mr Marcellus, you split a note, <laughs> you know, in the, in the third movement. And he said, yeah, but did you not hear the music? You know, because the music's more than perfection. And I think God is the same. He wants us to make melody from where? from our heart inside I used to in our previous church uh, we had an evening service didn't have a morning service just had an evening service and our pastor uh, who pastored our church he also pastored another congregation who was, which was a Sri Lankan congregation and Pinto I don't know if this is typical but you can tell me afterwards but in the, so they met in the morning and oftentimes I would go over and, and well lead worship I went and played the piano in time and in tune they, you have never heard such a racket, honestly. There was probably a, maybe about 40 people, so similar-ish kind of size congregation. It's the loudest, noisiest, out of tune, out of time cacophony you have heard in your lives. And half of them only spoke Tamil, half of them only spoke Sinhalese, none of them really spoke English very well, some of them spoke English. And we're singing all these songs in three different languages. It was a right mess, musically and from a perfection point of view. And, and oftentimes I think, why am I here? <laughs> because they're not keeping in time or in tune with me, but I wouldn't miss it for the world because the passion and the conviction and the faith and the, just the hunger of these people to worship God and to, to, to seek after him was just beyond words, really. So what's God interested in? Whether it's in tune or whether it's coming from your heart. 
And so if you read Ephesians 5, it does not say, sing and make music with perfect intonation, beautiful tone, great technique, awesome timing to the Lord. doesn't say those things. Hallelujah. Do you know what? I, sometimes it happens. I, I get out of time sometimes, particularly on the piano. And I, I smile. If you see me smiling, it's because I'm laughing at myself because I'm glad I've made a mistake. Because it's not perfect. It's not supposed to be perfect. I'm trying to get as good as... That's not to say we don't want to get it as good as we can, all right? That's, ideally... Passion and in tune is best, okay? We'll, we'll agree on that. But passion comes first. The heart comes first. And, you know, when we make mistakes, actually, we realise that we're in a grace-filled world. And God is God. And we're just us. So I'd rather be in a church that sings with a heart to God. That is what inspires one another, rather than a church that sings in tune. So you have my permission to sing out of tune. You can work on it, try and get better if you want. That is probably helpful. But if not, go for it. I'm just thinking as well, I've gone off on all kinds of stories today, but in our previous church as well, there's a lady who had a shofar. Does anyone know what a shofar is? It's a ram's horn. It's the, like original kind of worship type instrument. And uh, Louise laughing because it... She would come and from time to time in the most inappropriate places, you know, you'd just be like we did today, you know, when we're singing We Bow Down and it's all kind of just that, and you can just feel we're just dying down a bit. And then she'd be the kind of place where she'd get this thing and go, ha, you know, on it. And the kids, particularly, there was two, there was um, a girl called Naomi, she was about your, your age, you guys. And, and every time she turned up and this thing would come out of the bag and you could see the kids, oh no, not again, you know. <laughs> but. But, and by the way, shofars, they're not tuned. We actually did a recording one with Kairos, and we had to auto-tune it to get it in tune. They don't fit with normal, normal tuning. But there's a passion in that sound. In the right place. <laughs> anyway. Uh, and if you think, going back to the football thing, actually, we won't use the words, but let's just use the sound of the football crowd for the time being. You know, you don't go to a football match based on the quality and the skill of the, the, the voices around you, do you? You know, you don't go and think, oh, I'm not going to go play, watch Woking play because John's got a terrible voice and I'll be sitting next to him and he's, he can't sing for Toffee and yet yeah, he goes belting these songs out. It's, oh, like this. You don't go for that reason. I'm, not, I'm sure you've got a lovely voice, John. I'm just saying. <laughs> you don't go for that reason, do you? You go for that reason because there's a heartfelt, guttural sound, isn't there? When they start going, that's why you're there at the game. That's why you don't watch it on the telly, because you don't get the same atmosphere, do you? And in fact, if you told everyone to stop singing, what have you got? Just some guys kicking a ball at you. It's not much of an atmosphere. Not much of an atmosphere. And I don't think I've ever heard a football team complain because the songs that, they were, that the supporters were singing were a bit out of tune, or all the words weren't, you know, particularly, you know, right. You know? Um, but they're there that encouragement comes from the, the, the heart and the, the passion behind it and the same applies to church so to wrap it up let me read this verse again do not be drunk with wine which leads to debauchery instead be filled with the spirit speaking to one another with psalms and hymns and songs from the spirit sing and make music from your heart to the Lord always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ And so I want to encourage you that as we sing 
It is something where we are wrapped up and brought into God himself. I just want to bring you back to that. That this is a Trinity thing in that sense that when we sing, the Spirit moves. When we sing, we're giving thanks to the Father. When we sing, we're doing this in and through Jesus the Son. And this is something that he is doing. God himself is doing it and we are being brought into it. So keep singing. There are some times, actually, this is the final thing. I just wanted, this is a practical thing as well. Happened a bit today. Sometimes we get to the end of a song and we've, Emma and I have finished leading it, but there's a bit of a shout going on here. And everyone kind of thinks, oh, they've stopped. Better stop singing. I just want to encourage you. Sometimes you can carry on making, in fact, always, you can carry on making a bit of a noise. Because it encourages us, particularly as leaders of worship, sometimes we think, I wish this would go a bit further, but I don't know what to do next. And we have our limitations. But sometimes it just takes somebody to start clapping, shouting, praying. Keep it going. Keep the sound going. It encourages us. It encourages us. You have permission that once we get to the... It's called a perfect cadence at the end. Bum, bum. Finished. It doesn't mean to say we have to finish. So keep it going. That's, that's how the spirit works. we'll finish there be good to finish with a few songs right yes. so we can sing together